0: Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jackal. We're going to talk about hopping today, and you might think we're talking about plyometric stretch, shortening cycle, and the phase, but we're not. We're talking about hopping around on programmes, and actually not hopping around on programmes, and I think it's good to hop, that's another podcast, but not when it comes to which training programme you're using, and how you are consistently backing up the same kind of work to get really good adaptation that was a great start jacko i
1: was about to say that is probably i had no idea what you were going to say and then neither did i it, it, it was it was, <laughs> it was great i loved it i thought we were good uh, hip hopping and uh, 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 whatever that other type we need to do something about hopping that was uh, that would be a great time to you thought people wicket was coming back on didn't you Almost <laughs> like i don't know i was just listening to this going kind of like i don't know where this is going but i'm, I'm coming for the ride <laughs> um well the other thing mentioning rides you might be on a little bit of a roller coaster well we've been off the back of the roller coaster ride of last year and uh we've had we launched our um annual offer 25 percent off an annual membership to not help you just with your New Year's resolutions but to help you for the entire year of your training and hopefully even beyond that and that's using code um, new decade gets you 25% off either our standard annual membership or our VIP annual membership. And we've had so much intake from it. Um, we've been you know inundated, it's been absolutely fantastic and really enjoying connecting with everyone that has been has been signing up afresh, knowing that we're gonna be able to go on this journey throughout the entire year together. Uh, but with that happening and also us going into another lockdown, um we've decided to extend the offer, which was gonna have ended on the week. but we're extending it to the rest of the month. So if you sign up before the 31st of January on our annual membership, you can get 25% off the train with us for free, investing in your, not for free, (laughs) for 25% off, so to invest in your physical pension for the entire year and hopefully the rest of the decade and beyond.
0: I'll make a guarantee on that, Jacko. If if somebody commits to a program, our programs, consistently trains with intensity for 12 months, I promise you, you are going to make realistic and tangible gains in a 12-month period. Far more than if you were to just hop around and do lots of different things.
1: I like what you did there. If you're not sure about whether you are a
0: hopper or a a non-hopper, Listen on because we're going to dive into the reasons why you shouldn't program hop and why you should commit to a long-term trading strategy in this podcast.
1: And if you're not fully convinced by Tim's amazing description there, uh, you can test it out for free for a whole week as part of our free seven-day trial, even on our annual membership. So what's what we've we've said this before in the in the in the game. It's known as a a no-brainer. Seventy-four
0: pound twenty-five for a standard annual membership, twelve months. When I work that out for people, because I do a little bit of the number... Of the, the math, well. the math
1: on that, the, the mental arithmetic, Tim, is you're wasted in calisthenics, Each lad. wasted.
0: We're talking pence. It's incredible. Do you know that
1: in pence? You got your calculator out? Right? No, yeah. don't worry. Let's get started let's with get the podcast. Yeah. It's, it's just not much.
0: Yeah. Roll the jingle.
1: So here we go then. Why we shouldn't be hopping around um and I would like to start this with a little bit of a confession time Timbo um I sometimes find it hard not to hop around that's just me being upfront and honest with people listening out there and uh I can probably confidently say it is why in certain areas of my training I haven't made as much progress as other areas of my training where I've been very consistent with certain aspects and what do you know it? I've made loads more improvement there. And what do you know it? Those areas that I've been consistent in and seen those improvements, I enjoy that as well because a lot of the time our enjoyment is wrapped up in like seeing progress and feeling like we're making making that progress and, and making improvements, right?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm in danger of doing that thing where I sometimes we start a conversation and I'm like, I could just kill this podcast. But what I'm going to
1: frame that <laughs> as is rather than do you mean than kill it like do really well or just well, kill it dead? No, and just, just go. Like
0: answer the question and go, right, until next week, class is But I'm not going <laughs> to do that what I'm going to do is going to frame this as an executive summary. Now that's business speak for a bit of an overview. Here's a key point so you've not got time to read the rest of the report or it's a bit boring. The abstract. My executive summary for today is that consistency is the fundamental component of any success in anything. So it just makes sense that it applies to training of doing the same thing repeatedly, not necessarily the same exact session, but having the same approach, philosophy, practice, whatever it is, consistently is what is going to tie everything together. And the problem is that so many people, particularly in training, aren't consistent enough. And the issue is there's so much you can do. And calisthenics is probably one of the most challenging areas for this or types of training for this because there is just so much fun stuff to do you can come in, you can look at it, and you go, well, I want to be able to do all of those things. I want to be able to handstand, human flag, bar and ring muscle-up, back lever, whatever it might be. But the reality is, it's, it can be a little bit like that kid in a sweet shop type thing, as you've spoken about before. Is you can just kind of get pulled over towards the jar full of human flags, and then all of a sudden you turn around, and right there sat next to the bonbons is a handstand. You know, I haven't go on the
1: handstand for a while. Well, and, but- Throw into the mix, Tim. I think all of a sudden you've got far too many sweets in your mouth, you can't, <laughs> and you're being sick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, following on from the like sweet shop analogy, if you think that pre um, social media, uh, where you train in the gym and that's your sweet shop, and like, yeah, you might see someone else in the gym doing something different to you, but it'd be a bit weird and awkward just to go around copying what someone else is doing. Whereas the rest of the time when you're at home or you're in bed or whatever else you're doing in throughout your day, you don't see what anyone else is doing. So you can't get like lured over. Whereas if, you, if you're flicking around on Facebook, Instagram, wherever else on, online, you have the chance to constantly see what everyone else is doing in their training. If, if you know if you follow people that do things in the training which is great to see how people do we love seeing what people are doing in terms of being able to like help you and encourage you along with your progress and seeing the progress you make but it can be a distraction for a lot of us in going like oh well I'll try that next time and it's not like weird you doing it like next to them in the gym again because you're not actually there um so I think there isn't an, there's an element of that um that makes it that probably back in the day back in the day when we used to train we just Raw iron in the gym, um, and there was no, <laughs> and there was no social media. You didn't know anyone else was doing, so you couldn't get as distracted. I would say, um, and then my, my other thing is, we often are looking for. And we've, I think we've talked about this a little bit before. That I don't want to say everyone because that's unfair on absolutely everyone, but there is a there's a, a lot of people that are looking for a magic bullet, and we've all looked for a magic bullet at some point in our in our life with our training, and. Or if you haven't, for well, fair play to you, but looking for a magic bullet that just doesn't exist, or the or the the thing that the only thing that actually is the magic bullet, and this is like picking on what you are saying. The thing that's the magic bullet that you are searching for is consistency. The problem yeah. is, it's not like magic wave a wand and it happens. It's going to take a bit of time, but it, it is the magic bullet. It's just not that short term magical. It's magical in the long term.
0: Yeah, I sometimes, I'm going to, bear with me. I sometimes I think the best bits of our podcast where we kind of get a little bit off, off script are towards the end. Now We never so, have a script. True. But <laughs> I want to offer a quick interlude and ask you <laughs> a slightly abstract question. When was the last time you had a strawberry bonbon? And what was it? What are bonbons actually made of? You remember those like, those yeah, bright pink, mate. puffy, uh, flowery? Is it just a ball of solid sugar? Because I used it, to eat them regularly as a child. I, I think yeah. I must have had one circa nineteen eighty nine. Might have been the last one.
1: I'll have a quarter of strawberry bonbons please. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you <know>? A quarter <laughs> of what? What's a quarter? <laughs> <I
1: don't know. laughs> quarter of a bag. A family with do the way. You
0: could never have a quarter. That was they're so heavy. You only got about three.
1: I am going to answer your question, and then I am going to, <laughs> um, and then I am very intrigued as to if this is just because you were talking about sweets for if it's going to relate if somehow strawberry bombs is related
0: no relevant I have actually got a proper question
1: oh it isn't relevant but I'll answer no. it anyway um, the exact time I probably had one later than you strawberry bonbons interesting we've never discussed sweets before In favourite sweets mm. even just off out you know offline off the, off the uh, not on the podcast um, we do for people we have conversations that, that we don't record as well um, <laughs> <laughs> but strawberry bonbons yeah Big favourite of Jacko, young Jacko would smash strawberry bomb mums. I have a core of those, and would it give me? Um, would it give me very bad ulcers and like destroy my tongue? I'm also thinking of lemon sherbets as well. But um,
0: I mean, that's a, that's a tongue shredder.
1: It would. I would be. Um, yeah, destroy your tongue. Give me ulcers, but it was worth it. I, that, segway- I take that pain for a strawberry I'm gonna bonbon. Se- <laughs> I'm going to go buy
0: some strawberry bonbon. I'm going to segue us back onto the piece and uh, and say that if if you looked at the size of my jaw, you would think that I probably had chewed strawberry bonbons quite consistently <laughs> yeah. for many years. <laughs> that's really what, what I that. is going to give you a proper proper workout to get through a quarter of strawberry bonbons. There's, there's people born after 1990 that have got absolutely no idea what we're talking
1: about. What is a <laughs> strawberry bonbon? I'm trying to think of some of the great <laughs> sweets. Anyway, Dave, right, I'm anyway, I've actually
0: forgotten what proper point was. Now, what were you saying?
1: Um, Um, How did you get to strawberry bonbons?
0: I had had to make the point. It's one of those things that just got stuck in my head and I couldn't move on until I verbalized it.
1: Um, I said magic bullet. Consistency is the magic bullet.
0: I've got it, yes. So where I think the sweet spot at, you see what I've done there, Ah. is when we get back in, you're actually best (laughs) off, I think, in training to be consistent in the middle ground. I think it's very difficult to be consistent or it's at least alluring to not be consistent when you are just starting because you have no context. Maybe you found something which you're really enjoying and there's lots of stuff you can do in there. So you can just go and hit it up all over the place. And it's actually quite difficult to be consistent when you've been in the game for a while, I I found that my my least consistent period of time was while I was training to be a strength and conditioning coach. Even though you would think that would make me more consistent because I had more knowledge, I was actually had too much and I had knowledge then of different types of training. So I would go in the gym and it might be, I might want to do some endurance work for a while. Then the next week I'd be like, oh, I'm a bit bored of 12 reps now. So I think I might go and do some maximum strength work and I'm going to go and do that for a bit. And it's almost like that knowledge is power, but at the same time can be quite distracting. The, the real key to this, and consistency requires discipline, I think is setting specific goals. It's not easy if you commit to a goal to, 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 to get distracted and to f- kind of struggle with that inconsistency because you know where you're going. I think a lot of people in, in physical fitness and strength training, whatever it might be, if you're not working towards a goal, and you can just end up then going do lots of different things because you're not really going in any specific direction. And my caveat to that is that that's okay if your focus is just to move and just to mm-hmm. be healthy and fit you could go to six different exercise classes a week if you wanted to and just do something different in the gym every time you go if your general objective is just well-being and you're not really bothered about what your body composition is you're not really bothered about getting a specific adaptation there needs to within that to get to see physical progression there needs to be some level of appropriate stress in order to create an adaptation you can't just go and kind of just faff about in the gym for a bit and think you're going to get stronger it doesn't work like that. But yeah, I think I'm, if people are open and they enjoy variety, I don't want this to come across of me going. You've got to just do twelve weeks of boring strength training if that's not what you like, because you're not going to stick to it. But if you've got a goal that you're working towards, yeah. like a must up or a human flag, then it is imperative that you actually double down and commit to the
1: process. Yeah, and I think that there's. The thing that the thing that jumps out at me there that you're saying, God, I've gone on serious to my notice how my tone has changed, gone serious. Sorry, um, right. we've we've used
0: our <coughs> used all the okay. today. We've gotta to um, stay, got to stay on message now.
1: That um that yeah, basically basically what you're saying is that if you're happy doing just general stuff and not concerned about any sort of real specific progression or seeing specific progress in certain areas, then it then it doesn't matter so much. But in terms of um in terms of that magic bullet of consistency the thing that i find difficult to be in being consistent is or let me put it the other way around when i find it easy to be consistent and it doesn't even feel like effort it's not like i'm trying to be consistent is when i'm seeing regular progress when i see regular process i'm just like chomping at the bit to go and do it again it's when i'm not seeing progress is when i then start you know you you end up like you're not trusting the process you're not seeing progress and you're thinking that little that nagging little voice goes like oh maybe you should be doing what the other dude was doing on instagram maybe he's got the magic bullet (laughs) and you're like whereas well if you just it's it's that consistency is so much easier to do when you're making when you're seeing that regular progress and as you said when you've been training for a long time sometimes that progress it's harder to get, particularly at the start of something. When, when we're starting off doing something new, think back to when we first started doing any calisthenics at all. It was like progress wasn't week by week. Progress was like minute by minute, like at the start. And it's like that's where you get hooked into it because it's so rapid and so quick, uh, the progress. And so the motivation and the consistency is like almost automatic. But as you say, when you've been doing it for longer and you want to still make progress in specific areas, Finding ways for you to be consistent and, you know, having a plan, having, as you said, a goal and the big thing of just like trusting in that plan. So if you've made a plan off yourself for yourself and you're not sure if it's gonna work or not, it's very difficult for you to trust that. Whereas you want to be making sure you're following if you've got a specific goal, follow something with a plan that you know that you can that you feel that you can trust. Like even just the placebo effect of the fact that you believe in it is going to help you be more motivated and more consistent I would say
0: yeah I agree, and i think there's there's some some really interesting things in there just one to one point that you said around being consistent with the trading program is really important when and it's it's really effective when you are making progress because you can you can feel like what you 're doing the effort that you 're putting in is having a, an impact where it becomes there 's a little bit of a question there though when you're going to hit a plateau so if if that progression is going really well you 're hitting it really nicely. That's when this knowledge, and this is one thing I want to talk about, is about learning to master and understand training as a as a subject area. Let's talk about and frame it as, as that sort yeah, of idea. Sure. Is that you you might need to change what you're doing or press into something for longer. So if, if say for example that you've hit a hit a plateau. And your muscle up training, for example, and you just can't bust through that 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 block. Sometimes, what you need to do is reevaluate what you're doing and just go and switch that up a little bit. It could be that there's a weakness somewhere in the system or the chain or a movement pattern which is just it is underpinning um, a, a movement issue which you need to go and address. And that will probably not change by just doing the same as what you've already done. So there's there's always that caveat of of just analyzing your program. If I've tried this thing and for a number of weeks I'm not progressing, it's probably you need to deload and need to give yourself some rest or you're going to need to go and address another issue. So a great example of that is someone learns to do a pull-up. You can probably get so far by just working on isometrics, eccentrics, band-assisted. But if you're at a fundamental level, your scapular stability and um, control is poor, then you haven't got the fundamental foundations that's required on which the shoulder and an arm can then apply force down on your movement system. So we might need to go and jump out of that, go and do a little bit of work on some on something which is going to build that chassis up a little bit stronger to then come back so you've got that ability to actually put force down on the system itself, on a stable foundation. The principle of all of this, though, is still the same. Is like you can't just go and do a couple of like once or twice every two or three weeks do some rotator cuff exercises and think that that's going to that's going to make a big impact you've got to start to think about well i need to consistently go and do two or three weeks of stabilization based training to to build this so i can then go and bring it back in it's just the, the, the theme runs throughout but it's it you've got to sort of you need that, that understanding and knowledge to just be able to see the bigger picture and how it fits together. And I don't know if you've got another point on this, Jacko, Before we kind of switch that into the benefit of learning um, and spending more time understanding a system.
1: Yeah, no, I think that, like I just said, like what the, the consistency being that magic bullet, and then as you say, I, when we under it's why we have an emphasis as always. Why we called it the whole thing when we started this thing of card school of card because the school bit resonated with the fact that we wanted to help educate because. Even when we've been working one-on-one with um, athletes in the Paralympic world, when you're, regardless of whether how, you know, different athletes would be, uh, some people really want to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And they'll always ask that question of, like, why are we doing this and why are we doing that? And others are, are not so intrigued, but we would still always be trying from our side of things when we're coaching to get that message across of, like, These, this is why we're doing that and this is the purpose of the, the exercise of what we're trying to achieve, da 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 because we know that, when regardless of whether they're like super interested in it or not, as if they understand and know those things behind the exercises and the program, they're going to get more out of it when they're doing the exercise in the program, rather than just okay, do that exercise because Tim told me to do it. Like there's a when there's a deeper level of understanding, there's a deeper level of learning. Oh, that's a phrase. Coin that's that. Nice. Write that down.
0: Yeah, and, and this is when we, were, when we were talking about the subject for this podcast. I, I said to Jackie, like, I, I enjoy spending time in the kitchen. I enjoy cooking. And um, the difference between, the example we used was the difference between a cook and a chef. And I would consider myself to be a novice, elementary, early stage chef. But this is my definition.
1: Harry, uh, what's the, who's the lookalike? Gordon Ramsay.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> um A cook can take a recipe and you can follow a basic set of instructions. Now, the more complicated dish you want to get, the more difficult it gets. You've got to get your timings right, all that sort of stuff. That comes with just, for me, just following some instructions, delivering a a palatable meal. And that's the same as just picking up a training program and, and whatever it is, doing what somebody says, following it along and getting a level of adaptation. The difference when if you start thinking about being a chef is that you want to start start understanding flavors and textures and you don't necessarily need a recipe book to cook because you know what you've got to put in there. And if it doesn't taste quite right, then you're going to go and just, you know what it is that you need to add into it to try and make the dish better. And it's the same principle with, with training. If you spend time understanding, practicing, and starting to play around with with, with the, the concepts and the principles, you then hit a point in your training where things aren't necessarily going as you expected them to, or you've hit that plateau that I've talked about, or you want to mix it up because you want to take your training in a different direction. Well, at that point, you know what the ingredients are which are going to make that program successful because you've took time to understand it. And to Jacko's point, oftentimes people will come onto our, our platform and they'll see there's a lot of educa- take educational content on there, and we could strip all of that out, just give you the videos, the reps and sets, and let you and let you kind of crack on. But that doesn't yeah. fit true to who we are and what we're about as coaches. And, and to Jacko's point, it doesn't help you to get the real benefit out of your training program because to use my cooking analogy, how I like to eat my a curry, for example, or a chili, something with some spice in it, is going to be very different to somebody else's. So I'm going to make it differently. Your body is different. You, We can write a program which we think is going to target the majority of people and will be successful for the majority of people. But there's always, always scope in there for individualization because everyone's body is different. Everyone's training background is different. And everyone needs to be able to blend and mix a slightly different stimulus to get the adaptation based on where they're at and if you go through our platform and then you start to read the information you take it on board you'll get an understanding of why you're doing what you're doing and then therefore if I need to use that principle again in the future in the same or different context I can start to piece these things together Mm. it is just like a hot training is like a hobby it's an investment And, and my dad's an excellent photographer and he's just spent time over years learning how to use his camera to make to take great photos i sometimes think in training it's the same as like you want to be a great photographer but you just want to point your iphone at something to <laughs> take a shot like you're never going to get into national geographic with an iphone photog- photograph like it's does that kind of make sense Where yeah I'm, I'm mate going?
1: the the chef analogy i absolutely love um i was gonna start clapping and just say bravo it's <laughs> uh, good it's very good and i think that one thing that or oh, there's two things that sort of uh jump out of me is that one as you're describing when someone we see it all the time with our and it it does literally bring us great joy when we see it happen with people they 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 jump into the they, they join they sign up they jump into our membership it might be that you're doing this it doesn't have to just be our training but it could be anything that you're doing but when you see people have those like Aha, those aha, or like, ah, yeah, like moments where it's like, I get it now. And like, actually, I'm tweaking this and I'm tweaking that because I know that's what I need to actually do rather than feeling like uh, restricted or paralyzed to like stick only to exactly what the recipe says. And the same with that being the training program. Um, the other thing is just a little bit sort of a little bit more specific, particularly the goes um, in with the calisthenics training I think it's even more important in calisthenics you understand what you're doing because there's going to be times when you have plateaus that are to do with the fact that the current exercise or progression that you're on the next sort of stage is a little bit too big of a jump and you need to find some ways to manipulate your training environment and the setup of your exercises that you're doing to just be able to tweak it slightly to give you a bit of a bridging point or a bridging gap between two progressions and when you understand that, and we we describe these things as tools in the locker that we've got for people to be able to do this. When you understand why and how to use those tools, and how to manipulate your your training setup, your training environment, like the the way you're doing the exercise, if you like, if you're able to understand that and tweak it, then you have a like to use one of your words, a, a plethora. I'm pronouncing it right, but you have a you know so many options for tweaking progressions and exercises at your disposal. That you can experiment and be creative with them, which is another great element as well. But you're going to find the thing that is the right thing for you, and you're going to then carry on progressing. And I just uh, to go back to what I said right uh, much earlier on, when you get when you get that progression, it feeds that motivation, which feeds that consistency. When you hit those stumbling blocks and you stop progressing, it it it, dra- it sort of like. Draws that motivation out of you, which impacts on that consistency. Remember, the consistency is that magic bullet. So, I think with with calisthenics and bodyweight training, it's so much that is that element of it is so much more important. Because right. if you're doing bench press and you hit a bit of a plateau and you can't stick another five kilo on either side of the bar, well, you just put a two point five or a one point two. It's just, I mean, you just put the tiniest little bit of load on rather than having to manipulate the whole exercise itself. We don't have the ability to do that, so um it's one of the things that i think makes body weight and calisthenics training like a beautiful tool for progression um but yes it requires a little bit more thinking at times and a little bit more learning but when you invest a little bit of time in that you, there is so much on richness sort of on the other side of that and you're going to you're going to gain so much more about your understanding of how the body and your body works and and training in, in general so um, yeah, it takes a bit of time, and yes, it takes some investment of time and energy. But anything in life that is worth doing and that is ultimately good takes some investment of those things.
0: Yeah, th- you made the, the exact point. I was thinking that if it's, if you're if you're coming from a weight training background and, you, and you're listening to this, a bench press doesn't respect the complexity of the human movement system, whereas calisthenics does more you- so.
1: You um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) lying flat on a bench and pushing a weight in the air requires one joint and it requires a set of muscles without a huge amount of mobility and stability it's just the the fact of it but if you're in the gym and you just want to get bench press you want to increase your bench press you can just progressively put more weight on the bar and, and you go and try and do Dumbbell incline and declines and that sort of stuff. It kind of just kind of flows in that same way. There is, however, when you get into the detail that training is still a requirement if you want to improve it to go and address some some other issues and train in different ways and, and that sort of stuff. But you're right in the in the if you if you if you understand that human movement is a slightly more complex thing then that just screams that calisthenics makes a lot of sense because you have to train mobility, stability, and strength at the same time. So speaking to anybody who's listening to this, thinking about coming into calisthenics, from a weight training background just give it a give it a try see how it feels and you'll you'll all of a sudden find that the demand on your system is much greater and you have to be a little bit more cognitively aware of your movement quality and that is an absolute huge positive for performance in life and sport and whatever else it might be that you choose to
1: to do with your time can i not to not to create some like crazy segue where we go down a, a separate rabbit hole but just to say um if you are that per, if you are one of those types of people that have, you know, do have enjoyed um, plenty. I used to love doing weightlifting and weight training when I played rugby. It was, it was, but that was the type of training I loved, and but it was the only type of training I was doing. So I didn't know that I loved um, something else. And if, but if you are, you know, not able to go to the gym now because gyms are closed, for example, and you are training just bodyweight at home, you know, we haven't done bench press for about seven years or something. However long it has been and you know you don't lose all of your gains you will that there, there's you're not going to be you know lose all of your muscle and and all those things if you if you switch to doing bodyweight training at home and it might be that you have to just do bodyweight training at home because you don't have any other choice um but if you delve give yourself that you know you've got some time potentially to do it delve into it and and see what is going to come out of the other side um you know from our personal experience like we don't miss lifting weights um at all
0: no because you can do way cooler stuff now like you can do a handstand freestanding handstand push-up like why would you want to do bench when you can do a freestanding handstand push-up it's just better (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's one for the controversy. Um I remember we once said that Trans-amb- to you but, um, that guy can bench push though, mate. Yeah, that was it. We were at we were at a, a trade show and um I had this conversation with a gentleman from Escape Fitness and um and we were talking about calisthenics and stuff, and, and that he was his exact that was his exact response. He's like, Depends how
1: much you can bench, mate.
0: And I was like, What, sixty kilos?
1: One? <laughs> He's a, Yeah, that's why it's not cool. If you can bench yeah, oh, yeah,
0: no, 160, well, then it's cool. I was like, yeah. But I can still do a handstand push-up, so so I'm hoping that has come through. Like I, I think we will we be in danger of banging the drum on this one because the point is really, really quite simple. And I would just encourage you, if you are aware that you program hop, um, just just go through a block of time of committing to something that you enjoy and just try and trust that process and, and set yourself a goal that you're working towards and, and just just stick to it. Just give it some time this year to start to repetitively, week after week, go through the process, get a progressive program, which is designed to help you to move closer to that goal on a weekly basis, and just give it some time and see what the change is. Um, We all know this. Intrinsically, we all know that if you want to get better at at running a 5K, you want to improve your fitness, the more you practice at it, The better you're going to get but i think in sometimes in strength training it can be a little bit distracting um to to kind of apply those same principles because of the variety i mean there's there's only so many ways you can run a 5k right um whereas there's lots of different ways to get strong so i think i would just encourage you to, to to set your goals think about what it is and if you've found that you've not got meaningful adaptations in the past you haven't achieved things that you've wanted to you've got a couple of things to think about. Were you consistent? Did you hop around onto different things? And if you were consistent and you didn't hop around, but you still didn't get there, you've probably got something within your training which you just need to tweak or adapt or something you need to go and pay a bit more attention to. You need to learn how to be a slightly better chef by learning how to train. And then you will know how to fix that problem yourself or you recruit the help of a coach if that's more like what how you want to kind of play the game.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned... Uh you know, running a 5K, can't do it wrong. As long as you're running that 5K with that mouth closed and you're for for your nose, I'm happy.
0: I was thinking about running it like sideways or if anyone's seen four lions, squat jogs, that, that sort of thing.
1: <laughs> I'm running backwards. Didn't, um, yeah. didn't uh, uh, Jamie Elderson, like Jay Grenade, did he do like a load of marathon or did he do a marathon running backwards? It's I think quite last possible. year. Maybe something it's like, quite like that. Possible. Anyway, yeah, it can be done backwards.
0: I wouldn't do it, but I don't think I would.
1: Most people run forwards.
0: Yeah, probably easier. Um, so I don't, I, I think we've made a point, Jacko. Yeah. Have we? No. Do you think we've, I think we've, we've it. Got consistency is we that magic bullet.
1: Understand what you're doing is going to allow you to progress. When you're progressing, you're motivated. When you motivate, you're consistent. When you're consistent, yeah. you've got the magic bullet. Go, just yeah. go share that magic bullet with people.
0: And this is this is we're trying. This is a conversation which I hope you don't sound across as like as an underhanded sales pitch of like you can use our programs. I actually uh, that's not really my, my main priority at all. I just want you and we want you to be able to get the most out of whatever training form you're doing. So whether that's CrossFit, powerlifting, endurance training, whatever it might be, this is a message for the masses on, on just to just get more out of whatever it is you're doing. And if it is calisthenics, then you're in the right place.
1: Yeah, because we're we're well aware that as the As the variety of things we talk about on this podcast grows... it, it is often, it's not a calisthenics podcast. It's, a, it's effectively a training podcast or it's a live podcast. It's a health podcast. It's, so we appreciate there's a lot, there'll be a lot of people listening to this that actually don't do calisthenics, but they still enjoy the podcast. And we love the fact uh, that you do enjoy the podcast and the guests that we have. It's a privilege for us to be able to uh, spend time uh, talking to the, the guests. And th- I know we haven't had one today, but the guests, still a privilege for us to talk to each other, but um, to talk to the, these guests and uh, learn from them as much as you all do. And um, we thank you massively for the support. Um, of the podcast and you know whether you are a calisthenics advocate or enthusiast or not but if you enjoy the podcast we would love uh, you to give a little uh, review on itunes or spotify or wherever you listen to the uh, the podcast wherever you subscribe to it uh, drop us a review It'd be much appreciated helps um, with the rankings of the podcast and therefore spreading of uh, the podcast itself
0: what I really like the idea of it, is that somebody is listening to this who loves bench, and every time we say something that's not bench, they just replace it in their own mind with bench press. <laughs> yeah. so it's like, or a variation of. So it's like whenever we say muscle-up, handstand, or human flag, they're like bench, incline, decline, double <laughs> yeah. chest flies, cable
1: There you flies. go. If love you that. love and So
0: just, just being consistent with all the different variations of the chest. That's what I'm hearing from you, Tim and Jacko. Thanks very much. <laughs> Off to some more chest.
1: Well, I want to go, if, shout-out to anyone who is... Um, uh, loves bench and fair play to you like fair play to whatever you love like i love whatever you i love the fact that you love whatever you love uh if you do reach out to us on instagram and say hey tim challenge tim that you love bench press and and challenge him to convince you he'll do a a a, a direct one-on-one message for for him to challenge him to convince you that you should actually stop doing french (laughs) and do something else and see whether he can convince you I want well, li- that- I don't just one one there must be one person listening to this that loves bench. And
0: that's a challenge to you. Oh, yeah, I, 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 hope, I really hope there are people that don't train calisthenics that listen to this because they get value out of the conversation. That would, be a, uh, would make me happy. But um, I would actually, in that conversation, be prepared to bring some evidence because I will bring my expert witness, Dr. Ian Horsley, leading shoulder expert who would challenge anybody.
1: You don't put them off, Tim. I want, them to, well, I want
0: someone to send a message. Honestly, I'm busy. I don't want too many messages. So there might be a <laughs> lot of people
1: that listen <laughs> there to this. be thousands. Like and don't worry, they'll be like, I, I'm uh, just hoping that there'll be one. If you're listening, be that guy or that girl. If you're listening, be that girl or guy.
0: And it's a story, so I I don't sound like I'm condescending or thinking that I'm better. I am a reformed bench press addict. When I first started training, I was extremely consistent with the bench press. (laughs) I was never very good at it, but I was extremely consistent. What was your max bench back in the day? I have bench pressed 100 before, but that was like, that's as far as I got.
1: 125. Good lad. Just saying.
0: My best bench press story was when I I asked a fellow bro who I didn't know in the gym to spot me with 90 kilos that had made the rookie error of not putting the clips on the end of the bar. Uh, I was at 90 kilos, trying to go for, I think, three. And um, he started chatting to his mate um, as I got stuck <laughs> at the bottom of the press. And um, my right arm stayed down as my left arm went up. And he 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 missed that. And the, the, as the weight proceeded to slide off the bar, and you go, if you imagine the picture, I'm lying on a bench in a proper meathead gym. Then there's three plates go off the one side, dum dum dum, followed by the bar swinging violently to the opposite <laughs> side, which is now heavier than the, than the unladen side, and those weights doing exactly the same thing. Everybody at the gym looking at me. I've got a spotter, but he just, I was, was not doing his job. I was <laughs> I was a, a, not a proud
1: moment. It was going to be my question when we do our bench. I was going to go. Have you ever been? So just for people to know, like me and Tim didn't know each other before we started doing calisthenics. So like these old training memoirs like we don't we never actually knew each other so i was going to ask you had you that was really my question have you ever been stuck underneath the bar while you're doing a bench press
0: it's a rite of passage <laughs> i once got stuck under a bench press after i'd done quite a bit of a session this, was oh, so this has happened a few centre. times for you oh this is in a different gym this is in red <laughs> Energy center i probably had at the time i hadn't been training long um in one of those it was like a, um i don't know one of those like ropey like proper leisure center bench presses i probably only got some like 40 kilos on it and went for a couple of reps (laughs) too many and that the the bar got stuck on my chest and i I had to do that thing where you roll it down your rib (laughs) (laughs) onto your lap so you can sit up and then almost like try and stand up turn the bar around and and rack it without everybody just laughing at you so it's it i i think it's a rite of passage everybody should have that moment i used to sometimes think that
1: the, the worry and concern that you are going to get stuck underneath it when you haven't got a spider often uh, encourages you an extra little bit of adrenaline to make sure that you don't get stuck under. But well, I, too, have de- done both those two things that you just described.
0: <laughs> we could frame this in a very highbrow conversation and go, well, the brain is expecting and predicting that you're not going to be able to lift. And the central governor theory would suggest that you, on any given day the brain knows you can't lift that weight, then you won't be able to do it.
1: Yeah, that's but, not as funny, though, is it?
0: No, nah, no. I like the idea of just that picturing back of a <laughs> of a 17-year-old in a fairly ropey gym kit rolling a 40-kilo bench press down his ribcage. <laughs>
1: Were you wearing rugby shorts by any chance?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but I probably had... A, uh, I, don't, I I remember now. This is something I was thinking of the day. We're going to get off this in a minute. I remember when you used to... <laughs> this is to best the best bit of the
1: podcast, mate.
0: Well, you just used to put your worst clothes on where yeah. now gym fashion is like people get dressed up to go to the gym in expensive gym wear it was literally the stuff that i had like old kit I, I, I just used to wear whatever to go to the gym yeah. rugby it was not shorts
1: a terrible t-shirt that you'd potentially done some painting in and then yeah. crack on there was no gym shark or any of this
0: no. no no dressing up
1: we're getting old because you're talking about you know the good old days those well, types we've segued.
0: Well, we've segued. We have In this podcast, we've mentioned the good old days of when training wasn't about fashion and also strawberry bonbons. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, we've done well. The thing
1: I'm worried about is I think this was generally the best part of the podcast, but um, <laughs> people, because we've talked about reviews, people would have potentially stopped that and actually not listened all the way through to the end. So oh, if God. you made it to the end, well done. You've got the best bits.
0: It's always worth sticking around to the end because when we, get, we, we loosen up a little bit, get warmed yeah. up.
1: Sometimes at the end, we shock people. Yeah, um, with terrible banter (laughs) (laughs) that's the shock right right, let's let's sign it off until next time I wanted to do that bit go on you go okay you do it until next time class dismissed so thank you so much again for listening we don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts so we really do appreciate that
0: we hope you got a lot of value out of it guys and we would if you did we would love you to do a couple of things for us one of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value and also if you want to pop over to itunes or wherever you are listening to this and give us a five star review we like five stars four stars not as good Keep it five stars. are the best, five of your best stars, please. <laughs> and if you would like to find out more about the School of Calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got, head over to our virtual classroom. You can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And that is where we have got literally, possibly, the best calisthenics resource
1: available anywhere in the world. It's definitely the best one we've done. And on that note, until next week, class dismissed.